As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Uh, Elise, thank you so much. Let's pray, shall we? And then I'm just gonna speak for a few moments. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, I wonder for you uh, what your sort of favourite bit was of uh, the coronation yesterday. Penny Mordaunt's sword uh, seems to have sort of been the winner for most people. Uh, Prince Louis' facial expressions, uh, they were high up there. Uh, Perhaps Jonathan Halliwell's delightful deep pink tie made it for you. I don't know what it was. Um, But I'll start with my sort of favourite moment. There we were, we were as a family uh, watching it at home. Uh, We weren't gonna head out into the rain, no thank you. Um, And uh, we got to the bit where King Charles was about to uh, make an oath. And the Archbishop of Canterbury asked him and he said these words, he said, your majesty, are you willing to make, subscribe and declare to such and such an oath? At which point my youngest child perked his head up and he said, what channel's he subscribing to? Um, uh, we've got some work to do. Um, the, um, the, the story is told of the time that uh, King Charles III first became a dad when William was just a, a little baby. And Queen Elizabeth, our old queen, on seeing this baby, William, uh, for the first time, loudly proclaimed, thank heavens he hasn't got the ears of his father. Um, <laughs> Well, yesterday, those big ears, they came into good use, holding up the crown uh, on King Charles's head as the 40th monarch since William the Conqueror was crowned at Westminster Abbey. So we we know what King Charles III looks like, including his big ears. However, the question in everyone's mind so much these last few weeks, I think, particularly, has not so much been, what does he look like? But rather, what will he be like? What, what kind of king will he be? In her 2017 biography of our king, Sally Bedell Smith wrote this. She wrote, Charles as king has the potential to inspire as a unifying force above and beyond politics with a different style and tone from the queen to show his feelings and to speak more naturally and probably more frequently than his mother. So there, Charles sort of pictured as a marvellous monarch. Other people have sort of thought that perhaps not so much a marvellous monarch, he's going to be a meddlesome monarch, speaking into subjects that he's passionate about, but perhaps where his views are not wanted. 
Some have seen him as a modernising monarch with his sort of views of a slimmed down monarchy and his passion for the environment. But the truth is, I reckon the best judge of what kind of king King Charles will be came yesterday at his coronation. For right at the start of the service, there was a a new bit to the service that had never been in a coronation before. One of, I thought, the most powerful moments. That first word and words spoken in the entire service, spoken not by the Archbishop of Canterbury, not by King Charles himself, not by any other dignitary, but by a 14-year-old boy, Samuel Strachan. He said the first words. And these are the words he said. He said, your majesty, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings. And King Charles replied in his name. And after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve. And the whole tenor of this service yesterday, the whole tenor of it was it was about service. It was about service. It wasn't about the sort of divine rights of a king, but rather the divine service of a king. For Charles wants to be known as a king who serves. Now, there's a similar picture for us in our Bible reading that Elise just read for us. Something that took place, not yesterday, but nearly 2,000 years ago, at the first Palm Sunday, five days before Jesus Christ was crucified. And on that day, as you heard Elise read it, Jesus came into Jerusalem and he came in as a king. And all the people around at that time, they were asking the same questions that we've been asking about King Charles. They've been say, they were saying back then, what kind of a king will he be? Just look at verse 10 of our reading. It says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Who is this? What kind of a king is Jesus going to be, they said. And we see that Jesus also, he demonstrated that he too is a king who serves. But perhaps it's such, for many of us, it's such a sort of familiar story to us that we lose, if you like, the shock of it. But Jesus is showing the people back then that he's a king. He's fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy from the book of Zechariah. If you look at verse five, it's quoting from Zechariah and it says this, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, Charles may want to show us that he is a king who serves, but he still came, didn't he, in a pretty sort of fancy state carriage on his trip to Westminster Abbey. But here's Jesus, Jesus riding in with very large crowds, crowds shouting encouragement and praise to the king, just as was happening yesterday. But there's no state carriage this time. King Jesus instead comes riding in, sitting on a lowly donkey. Jesus is a king who serves. So that's what kind of king. But second, what kind of crown? What kind of crown? Uh, Last week, our littler children, we got four of them, the two little ones, uh, had a DT day at school, design and technology, uh, with a coronation theme. And they they each had to design and construct a crown using the high technology substance of pipe cleaners. Um, uh, So here is uh, one of them. An amazing crown, I think you'd agree. Um, And uh, then here's uh, the other one. 
uh, as well, which was the runner-up prize for the entire school. Proud dad moment, yeah? There we go. Um, uh, now, um, King Charles, he had two crowns as well yesterday. Uh, they were rather more similar to each other than those two crowns. Uh, both his crowns yesterday, they had loads of purple, loads of jewels. But you probably spotted two. They both had a cross at the centrepiece. They both had a cross. You see, the crown in the coronation service, it, it signifies more than just sort of kingly dignity. It also signifies costly sacrifice, as we see on a cross. Charles is to be a king who sacrifices, just as we saw so wonderfully with his mother before him. But you know, those sacrifices that King Charles will make for his people in all sorts of ways over the coming years, they will be so small compared to the sacrifice of King Jesus. You know, the phrase that King Charles used a couple of times in the service, it's already been quoted. He said, I come not to be served, but to serve. And in that, he was quoting the very words of Jesus Christ that come just a few verses before the reading that Elise read for us. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus says this. He says, the Son of Man, it's his way of referring to himself. He says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. King Jesus' sacrifice, it says there, was to give his life. It was to die, paying the ransom price for all our wrongdoing so that you and I, so that we can go free. I mean, just wind the clock on five days after that first Palm Sunday and it is a very different picture that we see. It's a very different picture from what we saw yesterday with Charles, King Charles there. Just look at what Matthew writes in a few chapters later in his gospel account of what happens to King Jesus on Good Friday. It says the soldiers stripped Jesus and put a scarlet robe on him. And they twisted together a crown of thorns and sat it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spat on him and they took the staff and they struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. It's the very inverse, isn't it, of what we saw with King Charles. Jesus Christ wearing a crown of thorns as he sacrifices himself and goes to his death. So we've had what kind of king? A king who serves. What kind of a crown? A king who sacrifices Finally, what kind of response? What kind of response? Now, we will all here have a variety of views about swearing allegiance to King Charles. That is absolutely fine. What with all the controversy uh, over the homage to the people that was in uh, part of the service, they had to tone down the language because uh, so many people were sort of complaining about it just the day before the service. For some of us, this weekend will be more about bunting and beer than uh, you know, bowing down to a king. 
Uh, For some of us, maybe even we've gone protesting in the streets with those yellow placards, not my king. But really the question is, not our response to King Charles. That's not so important. What's more important is our response to King Jesus. Back on that first Palm Sunday, when Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, the crowd, in verse nine, they respond. And they respond by shouting out these words. They shout out, verse nine, Hosanna to the son of David. And Hosanna literally means save. They're shouting out, save, save us to Jesus. And son of David, that is the title of the king who would come after famous King David in the Old Testament. Jonathan was talking about it. Son of David was the one who'd come after David, who'd be greater than David, who would be the king of kings. And the people that day, as Jesus came into Jerusalem, As they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, they would not have realised how Jesus Christ was going to save them. But they soon would. Because five days later, on the cross, they discovered Jesus is a king who saves. Because on the cross, the king of kings died in their place and in our place to save us. You know, a crown, a crown so often demonstrates what you worship as king of your life. So my children's crowns, they weren't asked to do this, but my children's crowns, what they made their crowns out of, sort of symbolised what is most important to them in their lives. It it symbolises, if you like, what my children almost worship. So my daughter, uh, she has a bunny rabbit, Bunny rabbits are very important to her, particularly her bunny rabbit. And so she made a bunny rabbit crown. Very nice too, don't you think? A bunny rabbit crown, that's what she made because bunnies are so important to her. Uh, My son, he uh, made a crown which you may not at first guess try and work out what it is. I did have to ask him. Um, But it has three things hanging off it. It has a football, a music note and a snooker ball. The three things most important to him in his life. You know, the one thing, if I've got to say, the one thing I was perhaps a little sad about with the coronation was the coronation emblem. I don't know if you noticed it, but on the crown in that emblem, the cross has been removed, been replaced by a flower. I wonder what you would place on your crown. What is it that you worship? For me, the uh, most moving bit of the service was just before the bit that Jonathan was speaking about, the anointing. When before he was crowned, Charles had to take off all his regalia. He took it all off, all the fancy clothing, all of it came off and there he was just in shirt untucked Trousers and shoes. That's all. Nothing fancy, just like us. Just one human being standing before Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. And you know, whether it's King Charles or Penny Mordaunt or the Archbishop of Canterbury or you or me, at the end of the day, it is exactly the same for every single one of us here in this building. 
divested of all we possess, we stand before Jesus Christ, the King of kings, with nothing to impress. And the question for each one of us is how will we respond to Jesus? Which crown will we choose, as it were, to pick up and wear? What crown will we wear? What do we worship? Because for all of us, whether we've been in church for years or whether this is our first time in a church building for ages, we all actually, we wear a crown. All of us wear a crown symbolising who or what we worship as king of our lives. And whether that thing that we worship, whether it's an animal or, or whether it's sport or music, whether we worship the environment or our spouse, whether we worship just sort of being in control or whether we worship having respect from other people or whether we worship just having the freedom to do whatever we want, when we want, where we want, whatever that thing is, whatever that ambition is, whatever that person is, from where we get our sense of security and identity and meaning and safety and purpose, whatever that thing is, that's what is on our crown and there are so many different competing crowns for us to choose from and the question is which one will we pick up that's the challenge of Jesus Christ this morning to each one of us will you and I will we pick up the crown that has the cross at its very center Will we, as we sang earlier, crown Jesus with many crowns? For you know, what you discover, what you discover as you respond to Jesus Christ is that he is the one king, the one king who will never disappoint, whose character is without fault through and through. He is the one king who loves you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. He's the one king that loves you even if you've waved a placard in his face saying, not my king, he still loves you. He's the one king who has lived a life that you and I could never live and yet has died a death in our place so that you can know relationship with him. He's the one king who forgives us for high treason, and yet who fulfills our every desire in a way that no other crown can fulfill us. He's the one king who we, of whom we can truly sing. We can sing long to reign over us because he has risen from the dead. He reigns eternally. I wonder what you make of this king. He's the one king who saves. He saves eternally. And my question to each one of us gathered here today is will you respond? Will you respond to the king of kings? Will you choose to wear the crown that has the cross at its very center? Shall we pray? Let's pray. If you're here today and you'd like to respond to King Jesus, maybe just echo this prayer that I'm gonna pray now. Just echo it in your heart, silently. It's gonna be a very simple prayer, just praying thank you, sorry, and please to King Jesus. So let's pray, shall we? King Jesus, thank you that you're the king who serves, 
that you're the king who sacrifices, that you're the king who saves. Jesus, thank you for being the king who went to the cross to pay the price of my sin. And King Jesus, I'm sorry for all the times, consciously or unconsciously, that I've waved a placard in your face saying, not my king. And Jesus, today I choose to turn to you and to ask you to be my king. And so please, King Jesus, please come into my life by your spirit that I might know forgiveness for my sin and I might know life in all its fullness with you, the King of Kings, both now and for eternity. And I pray this in your name, King Jesus. Amen.